Right. Good morning, church. Please turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. Happy Easter to everyone. My name is Martin Chaires. Uh, my wife and I, we have the privilege of uh, serving here in the teen ministry. And uh, it has been a joy to serve also in the campus ministry. Uh, and so, uh, but we're definitely grateful to hear about Chaz and Olivia. Uh, we're grateful because uh, we know uh, a lot more of what our students are like and who they are. We're falling in love with them there in the campus ministry. And uh, we can't think of no one else that could do a great job of shepherding them, taking care of them, and leading them. Amen? You know, uh, my wife and I, we're transitioning to Spanish ministry here in July. And so we're excited uh, about that. And it's kind of kind of becoming a reality now. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm going to miss you guys, even though we'll just be, like, right next door. And uh, the vision is for us to be sisters, uh, sister churches, uh, where we can even have a couple of times together. A uh, little bilingual service. Uh, amen. And so that's going to be, that's going to be great. Do you love Easter? I love Easter. Great family, you know, food, fellowship. Everyone tends to look a little nicer, a little better, you know, kind of walking to church a little happier. Uh, it's great. Uh, it's great. Um, you know, thank you for everyone who put together the spread there early in the morning, and it was great to, uh, you know, be able to have that, and so, amen. And uh, for the friends and family that are visiting with us, we're so happy you're here. Uh, we want you to really see uh, why we're members of this church. Uh, we want you to see why we uh, choose to make this fellowship uh, our home, and uh, we'd love for you uh, to join us and adopt us, be part of us, run with us here. You know, uh, the title of the lesson today is The Will of God and the Response of Man. You know, really today is the day that we celebrate that almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead. And everything changed after that. Death was conquered. There is now redemption for the forgiveness of sins. The gospel message is complete. We can have a relationship with God. We can now call him dad. Because Jesus suffered for our sins, died, and rose from the dead today. And he rose from the dead and he appeared to his group, his disciples there. Can you imagine what they felt when they saw him? Because they had betrayed him. They had ignored him. They ran away. You know, you, had, you know there was a couple brothers that was like, uh, you know, w- w- what happened was, you know, that the, others just amazed. But look what they, how they respond years later as they put it in the scriptures. And you don't have to turn there, but in 1 John it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, And our hands have touched. We proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. 
so that you also may have fellowship with us and fellowship with our Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. The resurrection changed everything. And as Jesus appeared to his disciples, they were able to think back about those three years they spent together, and it all made perfect sense. God opens their mind, and they're able to understand, you are God, this is it. And then he gives them the charge, the great commission, to now that the message, salvation plan, is complete. The remedy is there, the cure is there. Send out this message. And so these men and women began that message. And today, all over the world, that message is being celebrated. That message is being heard. That message is being honored. That's powerful. But how will we respond to this message Monday? How will we respond to this message next week? The will of God and the response of man. You know, if this day is so great, if Jesus rose from the dead and now there's salvation for mankind, why then is there so much tragedy? Why then is there so much corruption of man against man? Why there is there so much brutality and abuse and perversity? If this day is so great, why are all those things still happening? And we need to be mature to understand what is the will of God, but what has been the response of man. And that's going to be our study this morning. Amen? Let's go to God and pray. Father, we really want to hear your message. We really want to take to heart what you have to say to us. I pray that you remove me, that you would use the scriptures to uh, move our hearts for us to see what your will is for our lives, for humanity, for the church. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, as I asked earlier, if this day is so great, if we have the answer, why is there so much evil still going on? I have one point for you today. The point is that man pursues the Savior but tends to ignore the Lord. Man pursues the Savior, but th- tends to ignore the Lord. You know, how many of us need a Savior? How many of us need forgiveness for our sins? How many of us fall short and need someone to encourage us, to rescue us again and again and again? All of us. How many of us want a Savior? I'd say all of us. How many of us want a Lord? How many of us need a Lord? You know, man, we we tend to pursue more of the Savior, but we tend to ignore a little more of the Lord. But Jesus is both. He is Lord, and He is Savior. Amen? Let's go to Mark chapter 1. In verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, 
Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. This is what Jesus says. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you do not tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. You know, Jesus is willing. When Jesus, in his ministry, when he describes what's about to happen to him, you see this tone, you hear this tone, this fire, this excitement, this passion. Let's go to Jerusalem. I must be betrayed by these people, and I'm going to rise on the third day. Let's go. You see this excitement. On one occasion, he says this, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Jesus was willing. God's will is to rescue his creation. To God, you are worth the death of Jesus. Appreciate what Kelsey shared. Those feelings that we can all relate to, to one extreme or another. But to God, you are worth the death of Jesus. And he says, I'm going to die this way because this way I can draw all men to myself. All day today, what's going to be preached all in all these churches? This. God is continuing to draw men to himself. Hey, put away these scenarios. Look at my love for you. Look at my sacrifice for you. Look at my compassion for you. God's will is for us to have a relationship with him as our Savior and as our Lord. Acts chapter 17. And he marked out the appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each and every one of us. God's will is to have a relationship with us. Jesus dies. I want all men to draw to, my, to me. Step two, I am going to choose your place in history in the best scenario possible for you to find me. And you see the authority of the Lord here. I marked out. I set the times. Here you are in this generation. And then you see the Savior, God in some ways, taking a step back and saying, but it's up to you. God did this so that they would seek him, perhaps. So he goes from, I marked out, to perhaps. Leaving it up to us. And man, we want the Savior, but we tend to ignore, minimize 
the Lord. We want the grace, but we can battle with the truth. And that's okay. But will we submit to the truth? Will we surrender to the truth of Jesus? Jesus is willing. In this story, we see a man full of leprosy. You know, there's three kinds of leprosy, for the most part, in those days. And I did my little research. This is a brother who I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. But I met him a few weeks ago in our Long Beach ministry. And uh, he's, a, he's a disciple from the London church. But he spent many years in India in, working uh, in the leprosy colonies. And he was just telling, he was sharing with me how, how difficult those people had it. But he was saying to me that one of the most one of the most painful things for them was not just the physical challenges, but it was the emotion. It was the, them being isolated. I don't know about you, but sometimes feeling lonely is more painful than actually having a toothache or a bad ankle or a bad back. Not all the time, just sometimes. You know, man, people with leprosy in those days, they had to stay outside of the city. There's three kinds of leprosy. Some of them are contagious. Some of them are not. But in those days, they probably didn't know which one's contagious, which one's not. And so they just, to protect the society, they had to put them outside of the city. You see, this man comes running to Jesus in a public setting. This man is breaking the law. He's not supposed to be there. Can you imagine the pain he's endured all his life? The loneliness, the discrimination, the isolation, the mocking, the bullying. But he sees Jesus and he knows this guy's willing. And he runs to him. And everyone's probably like, whoa, whoa, bro, whoa. And he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Even though he was breaking the law, Jesus said, I am willing. This lawbreaker was embraced with compassion. Is that not God? While we were still sinners, he died for us. Is that not God? Jesus is willing. Not only that, he actually touched this man. He probably had not experienced a human hand, a human touch in a very long time. Some of us like hugs, some of us don't like hugs, but we all like a back rub. You know what I mean? We, 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 we are created to have contact with each other. You know, some guys are like, yeah, I don't like to hug. But you're always punching around. You're always, yeah. Yes, you do. You just do it in a more manly way, and we respect that. Can you imagine what this man felt finally being cured? Like, imagine all the things he was now able to do. He probably put a little Hebrew sign, free hugs! <laughs> free hugs! He probably was like, let's go to the community pool right now. Let's do this. Ran to the Sea of Galilee and took a couple selfies, you know. Just, there was no way to record it, but. Can 
Can you imagine the gratitude? You ever have those people that hug you too long? Can you imagine his hugs? Hey, what's up? Jesus is willing to take away our spiritual leprosy. The things that keep you away from others. The things that isolate you. The guilt that divides you from God. He's willing to touch you. To heal you. Why? Because He's a Savior. He is the Savior. And he, this man understood that. I hope we understand that. And Jesus rescued him. But how did this man respond? That's our topic today, right? The will of God and the response of man. How did this man respond? We already described possible scenarios of joy, of gratitude, right? Jesus gives him some direction. Don't tell anyone. That's the message today. Don't tell anyone about Jesus. Just kidding. Don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and do all this stuff. It says, instead, this man went out to spread the word. He talked freely. I mean, this was probably a very shy person. He, they're now confident, talking freely. Did you know, did you hear what happened? Right over there, man. He wanted to show off his arms. You know, he was just, uh, you need to follow the Lord, man. Like, I mean, there was just a lot of gratitude in this man. We assume. And sometimes we read this passage and we can be like sentimental. I can understand why he didn't obey God. He was grateful. He was emotional. He started talking freely. He was so focused when he said, you can make me clean. He's clean. Jesus is talking. Giving him a command. And that's us, isn't it? Because sometimes we love our blessings more than God. Sometimes we enjoy what God gives us and we tune out what he says. We pursue the Savior, but we tend to ignore the Lord. But we got to be also be careful in our convictions and our faith because just like this man, we can easily see, well, we kind of understand, you know, poor guy. No, he disobeys Jesus. But we can have scenarios in our lives, in our hearts, in the fellowship, socially, and we can, well, you know, it's, it's kind of normal. No, if it disobeys God, that's not normal. That's not good. Something so small. Look what happens in verse 45. Jesus could no longer preach publicly. Something so small. Silence the message of God himself. Now, people still found a way, you know, just kind of had to down low, down low sharing. That's incredible. That's incredible. So there's a message here, right? We see God's will, but we see the response of man. How have you responded to God's blessings in your life? It's a, there's a high chance that all of us at some point or other, whether it's a miracle, we're alive today. Because so-and-so almost, things that we almost physically just die. And at that moment, God, thank you! 
But more than that, that he's offering his son to have a relationship with us. The promise of heaven. Let's be careful. Let's keep pursuing this Savior, but let's be careful and not ignore the Lord. Amen? Man seeks feelings of happiness more than obedience to the commandments. Sometimes we can pursue a feeling in our relationship with God. This man fell in love with that feeling of freedom, hugs, I can now hang out. I'm not suffering anymore. I'm normal again. I belong. I don't have these burdens anymore. And he fell in love with that feeling of happiness, but tuned out the commandments. It's interesting. Jesus says in verse 43, Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing. Check this out. As a testimony to them. What was God's will for this priest? To send this priest a testimony. Via another person. Instead, the man went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter town openly. Jesus sends, hey, here's a testimony. But the response of men sometimes hinders God's testimony. All of us, we have been, our view of God has been hindered because of your loved ones. Because of their humans. It's been said many times, right, we can view God at where you view our physical father. And if your father's present, absent, perfect or not, he's still human. There's mistakes. But we see here the will of God wanting to again and again send testimonies to us. How many testimonies has God been sending you via other people? What's the result of those testimonies that he's sending to you? What's the result? Man pursues a Savior and ignores the Lord. You know, Jesus commands this man So a priest could be, quote-unquote, healed. You know, a priest, they lived their life completely dedicated to the law. They were men of integrity, professionals. This was one of the most highly pursued career, but you had to be kind of handpicked. These men were devoted to God's law, to God's word, to God's ways. They were familiar with the passages, with the scriptures. But can you imagine if you're this priest, you know the entire Old Testament, you know all these these commands, you know all these practices, because that's been your life. And one day someone comes in and says, hey, I had leprosy, I no longer have leprosy, so here are the sacrifices that the law commands for me to be cleansed. When do you think was the last time this priest heard that message? When do you think was the last time someone walked in and said, hey, I've been cleaned. Can we make the sacrifices now? Probably never. 
But did he know what was required? Yes. What's the point? Jesus wants us to discover something new in the scriptures. Things that perhaps we've read, things that perhaps we know, but things that perhaps we haven't practiced yet. How many scriptures do you know that are inspiring, but you just have a hard time practicing it? How many scriptures do you know that are, whoa, kind of edgy and hardcore, perhaps, and you're like, ah, find ways to minimize it? It's probably not that. Give up everything to follow you? Hmm. We translate it to anything. No, 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 it's everything. But Jesus came to fulfill the law, right? Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Even though this man broke the law and was in a public place, he met him with compassion. But he still broke the law. But also, he was cleansed. There was commandments about that. And he sends him away. But the man doesn't go. Imagine if he would have gone. So imagine you're this priest. We already described what kind of life you have, what kind of mindset you have. This man shows up. And you probably know him because you, that's who you protect. Like, you've got to stay away from the, from the city. Leviticus 14 is a very detailed explanation of what you are to do when someone has a skin disease and then they're healed. There's all kinds of crazy rituals that you have to do sacrifices that you have to do but it concludes with the priest publicly pronouncing this man clean meaning he can now be with everyone because he's not contagious it was to protect society this man this priest would have looked at this scripture and said I have never done this before Who did this to you? Jesus? You see where the priest was going to go? Who can do this but God alone? You're saying Jesus did this? You are clean. Can you imagine putting together all the sacrifices, making... He would have to be compelled now to consider that, hey, maybe Jesus is God. This man knows the scriptures, right? In Exodus chapter 4, when God is preparing to send Moses to rescue his people, he gives them signs so that people can believe. One of those signs, he tells Moses, Moses, put your hand in your cloak. Take it out. Boom, it's full of leprosy. Ah! Put it back in your cloak. Ah. The priest probably knew that. Who can cleanse leprosy? God. Who is this Jesus? God, can you imagine what that priest would have felt? I've known these scriptures, but I've never put them into practice. This is really amazing. This is God. No one in my family has ever seen this. He would have ran to Jesus and possibly become his follower. Why did Jesus command this man to not go celebrate, but he commanded this man to go as a testimony? Because Jesus wants to save other people. But sometimes we're not consumed with God's message. We're consumed with our own feelings, with ourselves, and we don't deliver God's testimonies and God's messages. And for many of us, these messages have not gotten to us because of people, because they're flawed. We're flawed. We're weak. We fall short. We cannot discredit God because of man's mistakes. We've got to be more mature than that. 
God's will is to rescue you, to have a relationship with you. Don't turn away from God because of man's mistakes. How has Jesus wronged you? What makes him not good enough to save you, to lead you? Nothing. Then why abandon him? Why ignore him? Because of people's mistakes. Unfortunately, this leper and the priest never met. They could have been great friends. Nothing in common, but that kind of, that's kind of God's thing, right? We're friends with each other. we got nothing in common but him. And we like each other. Even though we hug too long sometimes. <clears throat> this priest could have become a follower of Jesus. God's will was for this priest to become a follower of Jesus. But the message did not go to him because man did not respond to God's message. We pursue the Savior. We got to be careful to not ignore the Lord. This could have been changed, right? Here's a testimony. As a result, the priest became obedient to the faith and followed Jesus. But that's not in the scriptures. And that's sad. As Jesus raises from the dead, the message is now clear. Message of salvation is complete. The disciples get their courage back. Jesus prepares them. He sends them with the full message. They begin to tell people, you put Jesus to death. Me, I wasn't even there. Your sins did, so you did. You're guilty. You can read Acts 2. You crucified him. And it says that these men were cut to the heart. They felt guilty. But that feeling of, of guilt, that feeling of I now believe in Jesus didn't save them. Because they said, brothers, what shall we do? Right? This is, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah, Savior. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? I mean, they're ready. They're like, what do we do now? What's next? Peter replied, repent and be baptized. You know, repent is a 180 degree turn in some ways. We're walking this way for ourselves. Repent means that we now walk towards God and with God. He's Lord. We live for ourselves. He's Lord. We now live for him. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. There's the grace. There's the Savior where we come in contact with him. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children, and, the, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This was now the complete message. We see things fell short when Jesus commanded this man. But now that the disciples, post-resurrection, have the complete message, look at what they're teaching. Jesus is both. Lord and Savior. So what's the result? So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests.
became obedient to the faith. The man who was healed didn't deliver the message, but God didn't stop. God kept fighting. And when men and women heard the message that he is both Lord and he is Savior, and they embraced that and they followed that, then the priests were finally reached. Isn't that amazing? How many people will not be reached because we tend to just pursue the Savior or tend to just pursue feelings? But more importantly, how many people will be reached if we pursue those feelings, the Savior and Lord equally? That's the message of the resurrection. The plan is complete. My will is to have a relationship with you. I am lifted up to draw you to me, what Jesus says. And I set the times and places so you can reach out to me. Because as soon as you do, I am there. But I hope you hear the message clearly. He's both Lord and Savior. The will of God and the response of man. The power of Jesus is that he is God and he is full of grace and truth. And we should pursue both, embrace both equally. Amen? Amen.